Hello, I'm Kate Jabot. Welcome to an extra edition of SITREP. Unity, we're told, is the West's key weapon in support of Ukraine as it continues trying to fight off a Russian invasion. British politicians put aside their differences when the war is discussed. Labour leader Sir Keir Starmer and his defence team have visited Estonia in an attempt to show Eastern allies and Russia that whoever is in Downing Street, Britain will stand and act firmly in NATO. There is no political divide on support on NATO. The Labour Party supports NATO. We were there at the founding of NATO and I wanted them to know that there's cross-party support for them. But while the Labour leader and Prime Minister are united in their support for Ukraine and opposition to Russia, there are still some differences on the ways to do that and big questions still to be answered. How should Britain respond if there's a chemical attack in Ukraine? Are sanctions tough enough? Does Britain's defence spending need an urgent rethink? I spoke to Sakir Starmer from Estonia at the end of his visit to British troops. Sir Keir Starmer, good to speak to you. What did you say to troops today? I said three things to the troops today. The first thing I said was thank you. I wanted them to know just how much we appreciate what they're doing. And some of the troops here in Estonia have just finished a six-month mission and they're now being extended for another three months. So I was very mindful of the impact that would inevitably have on their families. So thank you was the first message. Uh, the second was we absolutely support what you're doing um, as part of the NATO deployment. Um, always important, but never more important than uh, at this difficult time with the invasion of Ukraine. Uh, the third thing was I wanted to send them a message that um, in the United Kingdom, um, there is no political divide on support on NATO. The Labour Party supports NATO. We were there at the founding of NATO, and I wanted them to know that there's cross-party support for them. And um, particularly uh, at the moment, I wanted to make sure they heard those three messages. To speak specifically about the situation in Ukraine at the moment, it's been suggested President Putin is a bully. He only understands force. What is the red line in your view? When do you think you will stand up? When should we stand up to the bully? Well, uh, he is a bully and uh, Russian aggression in Ukraine is undoubtedly a breach of international Law, and I've already, for myself, seen images of war crimes being committed. So it's the worst of circumstances. That's why the response has had to be united. What Putin wants to see is division, division you know, amongst the allies of Ukraine, division in NATO and division back in the United Kingdom. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to be here in Estonia, to assure the troops that we will not give in uh, to the bully. We will not allow that division in our politics. We will not allow that division in NATO. Mm. Obviously, there has been a very strong reaction from the West already. I think quite a lot of people um, are remarking on the unity of response, whether that's the provision of equipment, whether that's the sanctions that go in or the humanitarian assistance. But we have to keep that unity um, as we go forward. But what if he uses chemical weapons? What if he uses tactical nuclear weapons? That must be a turning point where more must be done. Well, I think everybody appreciates why NATO has taken the decision uh, not to get directly involved. Um, obviously, there are a number of possible scenarios that could play out. I don't think 
that getting into the what ifs at this stage of the conflict is particularly helpful. But I do think that that united, strong response, whether it is the provision of equipment, whether it is the sanctions, whether it's the humanitarian assistance, is hugely important. And we must ramp it up wherever we can. And I do think there is that unity of spirit. And certainly um, the troops, the forces that I spoke to today were very keen to hear that message that there is that unity of support for everything that they're doing. Unity of support, but not sending Soviet-era jets, that's the Polish wanted to do. Yeah, I, I, look, I think it's very important that we're in lockstep with NATO on this. These are difficult decisions. Um, what I don't want to see is different NATO countries taking different positions, um, advocating different approaches. I do think that one thing that's been quite remarkable in the last few weeks has been the way in which, um, with our allies, we've been able to collaborate, come together and make decisions together. So whatever we do, um, and we have to get this response right, it has to be in lockstep with NATO. Has the crisis changed Labour's position on nuclear weapons and the deterrent it offers? Well, Labour has always been um, pro the nuclear deterrence. Labour's always been pro NATO. Labour, uh, I went to Brussels just uh, a few weeks ago uh, to the NATO headquarters there and saw for myself the original treaty setting up uh, NATO. And of course, written in ink at the bottom of that treaty is the signature of the then Secretary of State for the then Labour government, Ernest Bevan. So NATO and the nuclear deterrent have always been seen by the Labour Party as a hugely important part of our security and safety, but also the security and safety of the West. The UK is giving more weapons to Ukraine, both surface-to-air missiles. Is that enough or would you like to see more? Well, we are supporting the provision of equipment into Ukraine by the UK. If and when more can be given, we will support that. These are very important uh, decisions. I think uh, collectively that equipment needs to go into Ukraine. Um, where the government, our government, has put that equipment in, we've been supportive of it, as we've been supportive on sanctions um, and the general response to this Russian aggression, because uh, we're all very conscious, one, that Putin wants to divide us, and two, for our troops, for our soldiers, for our forces, they need to know that as they go about their difficult tasks, they have an absolute unity of support behind them, whichever political party you're in. The government has repeatedly rejected the idea of a no-fly zone, but yeah. is finalising plans to get Star Street portable air defence missiles to Ukrainian forces. Does that suffice? There's obviously a lot of, um, you know, people in Ukraine, communities, um, saying how important a no-fly zone would be. But I think everybody does understand why that can't be put in place and why NATO is reluctant to get drawn into that direct conflict uh, with Russia. Um, whatever equipment can be provided is important to Ukraine. And um, I've spoken to the Ukrainian ambassador, um, Ukrainian communities, and they are appreciative of that. And they want us to provide whatever we can. And, and, and we should. Uh, we should do it as the United Kingdom. We should do it across with our NATO allies. Um, and if more equipment can be provided, then I think it should be. So in that light, then, are the Star Street portable air defence missiles enough? Well, they're, they're, they're a valuable contribution. Um, and, you know, I support them being provided. But 
um, you know, if more can be done, then I'd want that to be done as well. To what extent do you think the current situation in Ukraine means we need to look again at defence spending, uh, how much the budget is and what it's spent on? I do think we're going to have to look again. I think there's an increasing feeling across Parliament that we're going to have to look again. We do have a budget in two weeks in Parliament, so um, the government has the opportunity to look again at defence spending um, and to put um, resources where they're needed. And so uh, I'd say to the government, use that budget in two weeks' time wisely uh, to ensure that we have the spending that we need, reflecting on the situation that we are in. And what would you like to see? Well, I think we need to reflect on that and uh, see what the government puts in the budget in two weeks' time. Obviously, we get the opportunity to respond to that budget when the government put it out there. But I do think that, um, and as I say, there's an increasing feeling, I think, across Parliament, that there needs to be now a reflection and, and to use that budget um, as the opportunity for the government to set out um, what it intends to do in relation to defence spending. And just finally, Sakir, you mentioned earlier um, if a stronger arm needed to be shown to President Putin, there are various options. I know we're in the land of speculation, but what kind of options are there if we do need to step up our response? Well, I think there's much more we could do by way of sanctions. Uh, now, we support what the government has done with the Economic Crime Bill, but we do think they could go further. And in a sense, when I see our forces out here in Estonia, uh, many of them have been here six months, some are just arriving um, for their posting. Um, they're doing a remarkable job, and I think we need to match what they are doing in the work that we're doing on sanctions, which means to go further and faster, um, put our shoulder to the wheel, and um, I'd urge the government to go more quickly. We've got another opportunity on the Economic Crime Bill next week to do that, which means sanctioning more people more effectively, more quickly, because the effect of these sanctions has to be not just to isolate Russia, but to cripple Russia's ability to function. So let's match the resolve that I've seen here in Estonia from our forces by the political action that we can take in Parliament next week. Sakir Starmer, thank you for your time. Thank you so much. This is Zitrap.